0: All right, welcome to the Online Course Masters show. Phil Ebner here with Jeremy Deegan, and we're gonna jump right into it. Today we're talking about tips for recording your course. The past few episodes, we've talked a lot about the equipment you need and we recommend for making your course. These These are just some ideas. We've got nine tips maybe even more if you keep listening and if we come up with some more about how you can just have a better record day. So as always, make sure you subscribe, like this podcast, share it with your friends. But let's just jump right into it. And uh, first, Jeremy, welcome back to the show. And how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing really well. Doing really well. It's been a pretty crazy, productive week. Um, I've been thinking a lot about babies coming and trying to set myself up for success. I've been playing around with some automation tools like Zapier to automate some of the different processes that I do. Something that perhaps we should have an episode about in the future after I kind of figure it out a little bit more. But um, really excited about that. And uh, yeah, it's just crazy how fast um, August is coming. And I don't know when this, one, this episode is going to go live. It's probably going to be live in like June or July when the babies mm-hmm. are literally
1: right around the corner. So, but things are good. How things over there? Uh, really good, man. Family's doing good. It's the end of the school year right now, so uh, just wrapping up end of the school year type stuff. Everything's closing and getting ready for graduation ceremonies and a whole different aspect of uh, the, the kid thing. So yeah. uh, it's going to be exciting to see when the babies come and to watch your grow through there because it's, it's you know like it's kind of cool. You get to see my growth through online courses and I get to see your growth through the, the family side of things. So yeah. it's going to be,
0: it's yeah, gonna be totally. awesome. Are, what are your plans? What do you do during the summer? Do they just hang out at home and
1: um, you got yeah, any we have, help or anything with them or we haven't put them in summer camp um we thought about it this year but i don't think we're gonna going to i think we're gonna hold off this was the first year where both kids were in school uh all day um mm. because my daughter started vpk so uh this year i think we'll just have them home next year we might put them in a the camp but Uh, there's a water park close to where I live and we usually get like seasonal passes. So Mm -hmm. we go to the water uh, park, water park, the water park. (laughs) Um, I was going to say we also go to the beach, which is where the park came from. Uh, (laughs) The beach is right down the road. So we just do a lot of summer activities. We like to camp and go to the beach and stuff like that. So it'll just be fun. Nice, relaxing summer for everyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, we always just stayed at home and ran around neighborhood all summer long. So summer camp i i guess it was kind of a thing but it just i never did like an actual summer camp when i was a kid but yeah. i always missed out because i feel like in the movies
1: it's like that's what you do in summer you right. go to
0: summer camp <laughs> <laughs>
1: right No, i remember going to the beach and like playing like the super nintendo <laughs> yeah
0: exactly yeah like all day uh cool well enough with our family life let's get back to creating online course masters out of our listeners. So as I said, we're going to list nine tips um, that we came up with for how you can have a better record day. So jumping into it, my first tip is to dedicate an entire day just for filming. And if not an entire day, just half a day, as much time as you can. And really the reason behind this for me was... um, just so the, you're in the mindset and you can prepare for filming, you're not distracted by other things. I mean, I know how hard it is myself to think like, today I'm going to film some lessons or today I'm going to create a YouTube tutorial or whatever, but then you get wrapped up into checking emails and responding to student questions and all the other things that we do as online course creators. So you really need to dedicate an entire day for filming um, and... Yeah. So I don't know. Have you had any experience when you created courses with kind of that?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's it's a good one, um, especially because there's going to be things that might happen while you're setting up. Uh, I know for me, like it always takes a little bit to get into the rhythm of things, setting up the lights, the camera, the microphones. Uh, testing it out making sure everything's working properly so that takes a little bit of time and then once you begin filming like if you get interrupted or you have to stop and do something and come back to it it seems like it takes longer to get into the habit uh, talking about the family thing you'll you'll learn this quickly that you will definitely need to dedicate some time where you tell your family hey I'm, I'm filming today I can't be interrupted and it's kind of a harsh thing to say but just little like five-minute breaks. of of, of going to do something can take you out of that frame of mind so um, I believe dedicating an entire day and, and letting you know those around you know hey I'm gonna be filming today you know hold my calls or <laughs> or don't come in the room if you can that kind of thing it, it is very beneficial yeah totally um, now that I mean it's good to have like a separate
0: space I have a I converted my garage to my office so that is super helpful but I can imagine having a family and trying to keep things quiet and figuring that out is is tough so um yeah definitely trying to figure out a time when it's best for you to record where it's going to be quiet and have that that space for yourself is is good too Mm -hmm. um my next tip is to do a test recording before you actually start recording your lessons and this is just from personal experience where things were off, maybe the mic wasn't plugged in or wasn't turned on or the focus was off or something. Mm -hmm. And then I get back to the computer and I start editing and I realize, wow, yeah, the focus (laughs) was off and or the lighting was off a little bit or you could see like something in my background that I didn't want to see. So really, I think that you should do a test recording, bring it into the computer, look at it, listen to it Mm -hmm. and see if there's any, any things that you need to change.
1: Yeah, that that one always happens on your best take. So, yeah. <laughs> guaranteed you will like be flawless and then you'll look and you'll say, "Oh man, the it was recording through my, you know, my MacBook microphone and not my actual microphone and it sounds horrible." Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, the test recording is definitely something very important to do, uh, just to make sure that everything looks right and sounds good. And then I want to ask you about the next tip, uh, we put here, cleaning yourself up, of course, for the podcast, you know, I try to put on my uh, my green shirt for, for the branding. And I try to clean up, make sure I'm shade and I'm looking good, but also for the online courses, you know, this is important because, you know, tons of people are going to be seeing it and you want to be presentable. I don't think you have to necessarily wear like a suit and a tie kind of thing, but you do want to look nice. And, uh, so what do you do to clean yourself up? I want to, I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, you know what you actually do to get yourself cleaned up. And then the second question to that is Have you ever worn makeup on camera?
0: Mm, I've, okay, I'll follow that, se- answer that second question. I've never worn makeup for my own videos, but I've been, I've done a couple interviews. Um, I think I did, I actually did an interview for Udemy for one of their commercials that they had like a couple years ago when I lived up in Berkeley. And then, I feel like there was another time when I was on camera for something and they they powdered my nose. But it was just it's just for the shine. It's not, you know, I wasn't yeah. like accentuating any, you know, my <laughs> cheekbones or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a bad idea. Uh, some people if you are losing hair and you got a shiny head with lights and stuff like that. I mean, anybody if it's hot, you start to sweat a yeah. little bit and you get a little bit of that shine. Uh just having some powder, uh makeup powder is good. And you can get that um, really anywhere, that's pretty good. In terms of cleaning up, this is something that I'm thinking about as a guy with facial hair. That's like the main thing that I I guess I think about, but then I also go back and forth. So you'll see courses of mine where, I'm where I have a beard, or I have a five o'clock shadow, or I'm clean shaven, or there's courses where I'm, you know, all three of those. So I would say that I need to follow this rule a little bit better. I just don't know, like... I just go through like changes in my mood and mm-hmm. so there will be weeks where I'm like, yes, I'm rocking the beard and I love it and then I'm, I'm like, man, this is too hairy so I'm going to shave <laughs> and and it's weird because like I'll look back on my courses from a few years ago and sometimes when I'm wearing, a, wearing yeah, wearing my beard, I, <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, I look pretty good, like look a little bit more like older because I... <laughs> Look pretty young, I guess, especially when I was start starting filming courses. And so having the beard was nice. And without a beard, it's like, who's that like twelve year old who's
1: teaching you mark digital marketing? <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> like- I don't think I don't think this one matters so much, but I usually try to at least keep it uniform through that course yeah I think that's so like a good if idea. I got one course where like you know my hair is like you know down and the next course it's up or you know you you shave off your beard and then you grow your beard I don't think that matters so much and I don't think it matters so much in between the course either but I usually try to keep it uniform so if I have a beard at the beginning of the course, by the end of the course, I still have the beard. Like it's yeah. not like you're seeing it like come and go and scruffy one day, and it looks like I just <laughs> got out of bed the next day type of thing. Yeah. Um, I do, I do like trying to brand myself a little mm-hmm. more. I've been doing this a lot more with my uh, more recent courses that haven't been published yet. But like, I will like literally try to buy clothes or Mm -hmm. t-shirts to the branding of that course. So if I'm using a lot of like red slides and the logo's red, like I'll try to find something with maybe some red in it and just kind of tie it together. I think that's kind of a a cool idea. Yeah. Actually, a
0: couple more things about that I was just going to say is you have to make that decision to what, especially with your shirt, are you going to wear the same thing throughout the course? Some people do that. And I think that sometimes looks really good actually in our photography masterclass we were filming over the course of a few weeks but i wore the same shirt pretty much in every Mm -hmm. single lesson we all did just to keep that consistency um Mm -hmm. and depending on your style you might want to wear like something more professional a collared shirt a suit or you might want to wear a t-shirt i don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a t-shirt or being a little bit more casual but mm-hmm. it has to go with your brand and perhaps maybe with different types of courses, it works better. If you're teaching like some, you know, millennial cor- course geared towards like millennials mm-hmm. or a younger audience, wearing a T-shirt is probably totally fine. If you're teaching a more, um, I don't know, historical, educational course, something that's a little bit more um, branded towards an older more professional audience you might want to wear a collared shirt so that's a decision you have to make for yourself but I think the consistency is the main thing is to be consistent throughout at least the entire course but also perhaps across all of your courses to have that sort of brand
1: right yeah that that, I definitely agree with that to go with whoever you're speaking to definitely helps and then you know try not to change it up like in the middle of the course you're wearing board shorts and a t-shirt and then the next slide you're wearing a suit it, it just throws people's minds off I think yeah uh, for the next tip we have um, stand while you're recording for more energy uh, I think this is this doesn't apply so much to me I've always stood just because I I have my camera set up in my room mm-hmm. but I know that you know some people do record like at their desk I think maybe the first course I did I actually recorded at my desk and so why why do we have uh, standing for more energy? Does that really make a difference? I find that for myself, and I've heard a lot of people
0: say this too, that when they're standing up, they just are a little bit more engaging and ener- have a little bit more energy while they're speaking. And it's easier when you're sitting at your desk to be a little bit more monotone and not as interesting. I mean, I say this while... We're both sitting down at our desk doing this (laughs) podcast, which is nice to be doing this when we're like, we want to be comfortable while we're doing this. And Mm -hmm. standing for an hour or more recording a podcast can be a little bit tough. Um, But I definitely find that when I'm standing up, I do have a little bit more energy. And the thing about, I guess this is another tip, is you need to have like extra 50% more energy while you're speaking, because the camera really dumbs that down a lot. Mm. Yeah. So, like, you might feel like you're being a little bit um, really energetic and enthusiastic, but, and it might feel like you're being a little fake, but when you look at it on the, in while you're editing, it's gonna come across really well. Um, and you wanna have that sort of extra energy while you're actually talking. Um, and that comes with practice. But that's one of my biggest mistakes or the biggest complaints about my courses, especially the earlier on ones, was Mm -hmm. he's so monotonous, he's so boring, he he has no inflection in his voice. And so that's something that I try to do a little bit more. And it's I think for me, standing helps and also just really being conscious of putting out a little bit more energy and enthusiasm on talking.
1: Yeah, that's that was a a hard one to learn. And I think it's I think everyone has to learn that one. I think you have to go through that because I don't think anyone gets and starts recording and knows that right away that you got to have that extra energy. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it feels I don't want to say it feels fake, but it feels very weird when the first time you do it. Um, But then once you watch it, it does sound good. And I always think back to like school, like who was more interesting, the. The, the teacher that was like engaged and like moving around and doing things and getting the getting the people involved or the guy who just stood at his like podium like monotone voice you know um mm-hmm. what's that is it ferris bueller like yeah. hello everybody yeah. thank you for taking my course you know like <laughs> yeah. it will put people to sleep you, you got to be somewhat energetic mm-hmm. and um so yeah and then Now, you have a standing desk, right? Uh, Yeah, so this is nice to have a
0: sit-stand desk. That uh, Mine just cranks up, but they have some that are electronic now. I think even IKEA has one, Um, so I know there's IKEA's all over the place. But um, I'll often during the day just move it up and down to stand for a bit, but also when I'm recording uh, my screencast videos on my computer, I'll try to
1: stand for most of those and have you found that makes a difference like when you when you raise it up and you start standing do you feel a little more energetic i do and i don't know if that's just
0: me but i do i feel like i i feel just a little bit more
1: um energetic and
0: yeah i don't know yeah
1: now you you did a cool video on this i just want to throw this in real quick Uh, If you can tell people where to find it, where you actually showed your setup, I thought it was really cool how you had your lights Mm. and your computer and everything attached to the desk so that it didn't matter if you were raising it or lowering it. It always kept that same kind of look and feel.
0: Yeah, that's on the YouTube channel. So if anyone goes to the uh, Video School Online YouTube channel, search for setup, office, something like that, you'll find um, my behind the scenes uh, look at my different setups. I've done a few throughout as things have changed. I have a video specifically about my my desk, about my desk setup. And then I also have a recent, more recent one that was like a whole behind the scenes of my garage studio that I'm working in right now. Nice. You awesome. Very good. One. So what's the next tip? So our next tip, which I guess is five, maybe six, who knows, it's to have some sort of cue to when you make a mistake or you have a good take while filming. And that can be a clap or a snap or two or three claps. And really the reason why I do this and suggest this is to speed up your editing workflow. I think it actually, it depends on how many mistakes you make. If you are going through your lessons and you don't make that many mistakes, then it's a good idea to clap. I'm going to do it something just like that. And when you're editing, you can actually, with most programs, see the waveforms of the audio while you're editing in your timeline on the editor. And you'll see a spike when those claps or those snaps are. And so you can go straight to those and know that that was a mistake. Um, If you are more prone to making lots of mistakes, then you might want to use the clap or the snap for when you actually have a good take. So you just go straight there and you know that's a good take. Um, so, Or you could have one, one clap for a mistake, two claps for your best take. At least for me, I know that when, especially when I do like promo videos and things like that, when I'm not using a teleprompter or a script, sometimes I'm repeating myself doing the line over and over like seven, eight, nine times. And so it makes it a lot easier when I'm editing to see, oh, there's the clap. That was the best take out of all nine of those. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah.
1: Do you use anything like that while you're filming? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've definitely used it in numerous different ways. Um, I, you know, you use the clap or the snap, like you said, to, to find the mistakes and it becomes a little more important when you have like longer videos, I think too, like if you're shooting a one minute, two minute video, I typically can just bang those out and not have too many mistakes. Mm -hmm. If it's like a 5, 10, 15-minute video, um, you're going to make mistakes naturally, and so having those in there help. I've also have batched recorded um, lectures before, so I will stack maybe three or four um, uh, scripts into my teleprompter, Mm -hmm. and then... I can actually like just turn it on and record and then put a clap or snap in between those lectures and I know that those are the break points for those mm-hmm. lectures to splice those up and what that does is it, it keeps me from having to like stop and, and stop everything, stop the recorder, stop the microphone process and then turn it on again. So I might like record like four at a time and I'll use a snap method in between to kind of show me where I can splice those out a little easier. I like that idea. And this is
0: a good habit to get into as you grow and potentially if you start outsourcing some of your video editing so that you have a method that you can explain to an editor. Here, if you see the claps, that's the good take. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because I know as a video editor, if someone hands me a file that... these Some of our lessons are takes of 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes long. I'm going to have to listen through that whole video to edit it. And that's a lot of time. So a 30 minute video might take, you know, just an hour to watch through and edit out mistakes versus if you have some sort of method where you clap when it's a good take, that could cut down a lot of that time and save you a Mm -hmm. lot of money if you are hiring an editor to uh, edit your videos. My next tip is kind of something that I always forget to do but I threw it in here and that's for when you stop when you're at the very end of your lesson continue to look at the camera and you don't have to do some sort of cheesy awkward smile but I find that when I and maybe this is just me but a lot of times I'll stop talking and then I'll look away or I'll look like (laughs) I'll start walking towards the camera to turn it off or whatever. And so at the end of that lesson, when I'm editing, I don't have enough room to put like a fade (laughs) or, or anything like that. And also, so you want to have enough time to be able to fade out. And so it's not like an abrupt cut at the end of your lesson, but also this is a good opportunity to just pause, smile at the camera so that you can get a good screenshot for like YouTube videos or YouTube tutorials. Um, Sometimes Often when I do talking head sort of tutorials on YouTube, I'll take a snapshot, a screenshot from within the video. Um, But if I don't have a good snapshot where I'm not looking too awkward, it's nice to have like a little smile at the end um, that I can take. So just a little one that I thought of.
1: Yeah, I do that I do that at the beginning too. Like I'll I'll actually like sit there and smile for like two seconds yeah, <laughs> before yeah. I start talking. Yeah. And it's really awkward. Like when I'm doing it, I'm always like Oh man, this is so cheesy. But I always, uh, not always, I usually put um, a fade to black like at the beginning and the end of my lecture so it fades in and fades out. Yeah. And if you don't have that there, like you said, you'll see you like moving through that fade. Mm-hmm. So I'll just kind of smile for uh, two seconds, then I'll start talking, do my video, and then smile at the end and hold it for two or three seconds so that when I fade in, it, you're fading into me smiling and not seeing me like move around and stuff like that. Yeah, totally.
0: Um, another tip is to while, you know, it kind of goes against one of our first tips of like dedicating an entire day and batch recording your your courses, which is a good idea, but also to make sure you're taking breaks and it, this can be in between individual lessons or taking a break every few lessons. At least for me, I know that I'll get tired and I'll start to get a little winded the more and more I record, and so that comes across when you're when someone's watching your video. So you want to make sure that you're taking enough breaks, you're drinking enough water, and um, you have enough time to kind of just catch your breath uh, before just continuing to to film. Um, yeah, just another another little one. Um, another thing that. In terms of just making your videos, your presentation on camera better, I got this tip from my friend Christian, who is a broadcast journalist. Um, he used to work on one of the news stations up in San Francisco for a while. And he would, we actually put together a course on having better camera presence. And one of the tips he had was just letting us know that it's okay to pause on camera to get your thoughts And to make sure you're, you know, saying your sentence fully. You're not umming and erring too much. But it's okay Mm -hmm. to just have a little pause. You don't want to necessarily be rambling and talking fast, 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 saying sentences, run-on sentences Mm -hmm. um, all the time. It's okay if you forget what you're saying to just pause. And this can also help a lot of new instructors ask me, like, if I'm not using a teleprompter, how do I like, get through an entire lesson without so many mistakes? And I think it's just knowing that it's okay to, while you're filming, pause. And it's good to have those kind of inflections in the sentence too to kind of reinforce an Im- important point that you're talking about. So that's, I guess, a, that could be a separate tip is to make sure you pause and like, if you're trying to get a point across, just pause and that makes it sound a little bit more important.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, the good thing about silence is that it makes people stop and listen. When you're, I know this from podcasting, when I'm listening to a podcast and it's going on and on and on and on, it, uh, eventually you just kind of get used to that person talking and you just kind of zone out and you don't pay attention to them uh, as much. So whenever you like pause and leave a silence there, when you've been hearing someone talk for a long time and then all of a sudden there's this great big pause, you tune in to what's being said. So it's really cool to do that like before like a big, you know, big thing that you're about to talk about or an, an important, you know, step or task or whatever to actually create that pause before that. Um so now the next tip that we have is interesting because I've jumped back and forth on this before, and I'd love to hear your uh, what you feel about this. And it's recording your course in order uh, for, like, say, the lessons. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done I've done b- this both ways, and I can't say if I like one over the other. Uh, naturally, you want to record them in order because you're taking them through step by step processes, and you want it to make sense. And you don't want to. Skip ahead and talk about something that maybe wasn't there when you go back and record that first lesson. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most courses I I would say I record them in order. We're going to do this and then this and then this and then this. And then as you go through, it makes a lot of sense. However, I have found also that sometimes I will jump ahead and record things out of order. And typically, what it is is that I'll record the main content of the course first and get an idea of the things that are going to be said in those lessons. And then I'll go back and I'll create like the intro videos and the Mm -hmm. outro videos Mm -hmm. and all that stuff at the end um, because I'll already know like what I've recorded and I can talk about that a little better for the intro videos. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's probably the best way to do it actually is to
0: leave the promotions and the introduction to the course till the very end so that you know exactly what you've taught in the course things might change you might write a script or an outline for a promo video record it but then you record your entire course but think of a few new lectures or even new sections that you want to add to the course and that doesn't get included in something like the promo or the intro video so I think what you said is exactly why I added this tip and that's you don't want to be talking about something in a lesson that confuses a student that hasn't been covered yet. Um, Because, and I have a specific example, we created the photography masterclass this time and we tried to shoot everything in order, but there was one lesson where we had gone out and we were doing like a demonstration and I think Will or Sam, my co-instructors, they were talking about some setting or technique and they just mentioned it, but we hadn't explained what that actually meant yet in the mm-hmm. in the actual content of the course. So it was some sort of definite. It wasn't like aperture or shutter speed, but it would be like if we just mentioned like, oh, change your aperture to blah, blah, blah on your camera. But this lesson came before the lesson on explaining what aperture actually is and how you right. change that. So I think that's the main point is to make sure it's easier if you're recording the course in order but if you're not just make sure that you you're not using definitions or words or things that haven't been explained yet to the to the student.
1: Yeah, and this is um might be like another off tip to that tip is I usually try to make my lectures now kind of like contained within themselves. I've gotten a lot better about not talking too much about like other le- yeah. you know other lessons or other lectures or I, I try to like I, I I guess the best way to describe it is I could take any one of my lessons and stick that on YouTube as its own individual video and people would be able to follow along. Now, I mean, for the most part, there's going to be times when this isn't applicable because you're teaching a whole course and things need to be fit together. But I try to make it where I'm not talking too much about outside things that, that, you know, you would have to go Uh, watch for it to make sense, like you're saying, like the aperture thing. So yeah, I think trying to contain those within themselves is is a big part of that.
0: I like that a lot. And that um, also helps if you need to reorder lessons or Mm -hmm. sections later on, which sometimes happens. You might have this idea where this is the perfect order for all my lessons, but then students are, you know, you get feedback and you want to change it up later. Mm -hmm. And so having those self-contained is better than being like at the end of your videos, like, okay, in the next section, you're going to learn this, but then you
1: end up moving It's not there. Around. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and man. then, um, so finally, the last one is more of a technical type tip, but I think this one's pretty important, and it's not using any type of autofocus or um, auto, what is the one when it, it does the gain auto automatically? Auto gain or yeah, yeah. auto
0: exposure yeah, or not auto, doing
1: it. auto level gain for audio too. Right. Not, try not to use any of the autos because those can actually uh, fluctuate within the actual recording themselves. So when you're using autofocus, sometimes you'll see that it'll go like blurry for a minute and then get back in focus. The same thing can happen with the gain. Like if you move a certain way and the camera finds out that it's not gained properly, it'll get darker and then lighter and it can really mess up your video. So what are some tips um, when you're not using, you don't want to use autofocus, auto gain. What are some of the tips that you use? to get around that well that's the problem is that if you don't use autofocus or
0: these auto settings how do you set up a camera to make it look properly for yourself one is just to do the test record thing where you you know start filming you set it up as best as possible you film yourself check the focus check the focus check the levels but I was doing that like before where I would be doing five ten tests before I got focus exactly right So the best thing is to have a friend or a family member who can just come in really quickly, make sure focus is sharp, make sure the exposure looks good while you're on camera. Um, That is ideal. Another thing is that a lot of the modern DSLR cameras have a flip out screen um, that Mm. you can see yourself in, which is very helpful, but it's often going to be a little bit too small to really be 100% sure about things like focus. Um, when you're standing a few feet away. So having an external monitor or something like that could help. Um, But the technique that I use is uh, using a spare tripod. Some people have done things like taping a string with a ball to the ceiling, which sounds a little bit more difficult, but I'll just use like a spare tripod or a stack of books or something and place it exactly where I'm going to be. Go focus and then remove that tripod and that's exactly where I'm going to stand. I'm going to put a piece of tape on the floor or something so that I know that's exactly where I want to stand. I don't want to be two inches in front, two inches behind it. Um, And of course, do a test though still. You want to test it out, bring it into the computer and see how it looks. Um, I guess the thing is with a lot of modern cameras, people are going to be listening to this saying, but Phil, like modern cameras, the latest ones, have face detection, autofocus, and bl- all these features. And that's completely true. A lot of great c- new cameras are really good at autofocusing. But if you're doing a talking head video where you're just going to be in one location at one time, it's much safer to not use autofocus, to use manual focus and lock it down so that nothing's going to change it. Um, just you never know if the camera's going to, you know, Adjust and you don't want to see that uh, in the middle of filming.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to throw in a couple extra tips of some things that I use there. You talked about, you know, the DSLRs being able to flip the screen around and seeing yourself. Um, I have the Canon Rebel series, and it actually comes with software that you can actually control the camera from the software Mm -hmm. and in doing so you can hit the record button and everything from your computer and it also shows you what the camera is seeing. So typically what I'll do is I'll set that Computer close to me, out of the shot of the ca- out of the shot of the camera, and I can actually focus from the camera using that software, and I can see myself real time there. Um, before I started using that, something I would do, uh, you talked about the spare tripod technique. I use a tripod, like a um, I use a mic stand type thing, mm-hmm. but my daughter, you know, she's five years old, so I'll go get one of her dolls, and I'll put the doll on the actual tripod and use that to focus and it works really well because (laughs) the doll has very human-like skin and Mm -hmm. the eyes of those dolls really, really mimic like a human eye, like Mm -hmm. the glossiness, the shininess. It has the little iris and everything that you can really see the fine detail. So I will put one of the dolls on the tripod. I'll go to my camera. When I first started with a DSLR, I didn't know this But if anyone doesn't know this at all, the Canon Rebel at at least has a magnification feature where you're not actually zooming the camera in or out. It's just magnifying what's on screen. And so you'll see like the wide shot, but you can magnify into like the eyeball. Mm -hmm. and then you can do your focus, and then once you know that that's set, the rest of the focus for the face is really good. So uh, I recommend that if you don't have like a a little baby doll, uh, go to the store and get one. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Whatever it takes. And
0: I mean, focusing on the eyes, that's the goal. And sometimes with these DSLRs and the lenses you're using and the settings uh, you're using, Your eyes can be sharp and focused, but the tip of your nose might be slightly out of focus. And so there's settings you can change. I don't want to get too technical, but having a larger f-stop, which is the aperture setting that I was mentioning that we teach in our photography class, um, that larger f-stop actually creates like a deeper depth of field, meaning more will be in focus. And so using that kind of setting will help. Um, and I like having like a blurry background in my in a lot of my videos, but I don't want it to be too blurry And if it makes my face sometimes out of focus, if I'm just leaning in or leaning out just a little bit. Um, so always try to focus on the eyes, I say that's a good tip. Um, Cool. Well, these were our nine tips that we wanted to run through. I hope that these help. Was there anything else? Any other ideas that you thought about um, while we're chatting, Jeremy, about how people can film better?
1: You know, just just be presentable, be happy. Uh, we talked about yeah. smiling, uh, smile while you're talking throughout the camera. It, yeah. did, it, it actually increases your your energy. It makes you like just look more presentable. Uh, have fun with it. Don't be scared, you know, and do it a bunch of times because when you first get on, you're timid. But just just get on and have fun. And if you have any tips that we missed or something you want to talk about or ask us about, uh, don't forget to go to the Facebook group for their online course. Course masters on Facebook. You can also go to the onlinecoursemasters.com website and click on the community button, and it'll take you straight there. And pop in and uh, just let us know any tips that you have that you that help you whenever you're recording your course. Yeah, yeah, no, totally.
0: I think the number of people in this group is growing rapidly I'm checking really quickly we've got over 2,000 people now in the group which is awesome and there's always people who are asking questions and there's lots of people who are available to uh, help you out and give you even more advice So anyways, thanks so much for watching and listening to this episode of the Online Course Masters show. I hope you're enjoying them. And if you are, please leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere. Um, And of course, also over at the Online Course Masters uh, website, onlinecoursemasters.com, you can subscribe to get an email with the latest episodes. So, Jeremy, thanks so much. We'll talk to you you later. And everyone listening, have a great and productive week.